Hiram, I hardly know him. Hi, I'm Julia. <laughs> um, I'm Julia. <laughs> and this is River Don't Pod, where we watch Riverdale and shit on it. Welcome back. It is if you're new, welcome. <laughs> um, this week we watched Chapter 63, Hereditary. Um, yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> a lot. We have a lot of notes, and I think I'm unfortunately going to have to skip some of my smaller notes. There were, there were many, um, just in the interest of time, and we don't want to make you guys have to sit through a super long podcast, even though I could easily, easily take up like three hours with just nitpicking stupid little things that Riverdale does, but I have to pick and choose. I have to pick and choose the best notes, so all right. I'm with you. All right. Well, let's do this. So, um... We're going to continue the trend where we go a character at a time, so we're going to start with Cheryl this week because she hasn't been in it. (laughs) Because she was not present in the previous episode. Yeah, so um, I am trying to find her in my notes. Okay, so Cheryl's been staying home from school because she was having nightmares about Julian, you know, the doll. Um, (laughs) And Tony's like, you gotta stop. And Cheryl's like, okay, fine. (laughs) So, and she's also, she doesn't want to leave Nana Rose with the twins. Who are still babies. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I just was like, why don't they throw out Julian the doll? Like, why is he still in the house? Wasn't that the whole thing? I think they tried. Didn't they try and then he came back? I guess. Which, like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And also the poor Jason actor keeps coming in to appear in people's dreams and just wear the same outfit, but okay. This poor actor is either just wearing all white in a dream for four seconds or plays a dead body. Yeah. That's it. Like, I hope he's making a good amount of money from this. But He, um, like, probably isn't. He doesn't have a speaking role. Yeah, the poor guy. It's okay. When Julian's revealed to be alive, I'm sure he'll be he'll the be The actor in it. will play Julian, of course. <laughs> For, like, an episode. <laughs> Probably die as well. <laughs> but, um, so, but before Cheryl goes to school, um, she puts a ring of salt around the doll. Yeah. I was like, why didn't they just do that on the first day? I mean, it didn't work, but if that was, like, her solution, I was like, why didn't you just do that the first, what... I don't know. The show doesn't make any sense, <laughs> which becomes apparent in other storylines. Um, yep. But but um, while Cheryl's at school, she gets called to the principal's office. And my first thought was like, oh, honeybee action. And that's not his name. It's just honey. <laughs> honey, every time. Every time. But honey, uh, I was like, oh, they're going to have some sort of argument because she's been missing school. But no, it turns out... Um, <laughs> I think Dagwood yeah. swallowed a ping pong ball <laughs> and yep. went to the emergency room, um, which, like, uh... <laughs> a, a ping pong ball is huge. Like, I'm in my early 20s. I'm, like, a young adult. A ping pong ball is really big just for me to swallow. Imagine this one- to three-year-old. That's, like, the size of their mouths. Yeah, And he swallowed it? Where did they get it? They don't have a ping pong table, as far as I know, in Thistle yeah. House. Or apparently no toys, even though there are two toddlers or babies. <laughs> I I don't know. I really don't know how old they are. <laughs> They're also apparently the quietest and most um, 
the easiest toddler babies to take care of because elderly Nana Rose single-handedly is raising them. And and that's, like, it, I don't know. Have you ever, audience, have you been around small children? They they require your entire attention all the time. Yeah. <sighs> and it's, like, Nana Rose, who's, like, elderly, and um, which is, like, doesn't mean you can't take care of kids, but it showed in previous episodes that she's not always the best caretaker. Um, yeah. And then it's two teenage girls yeah. who, like, live by themselves, basically. So it's, like, oh, yeah. boy, they're... I mean, it's those children aren't growing up, so something's <laughs> happening. But anyway, um, uh, wait. And then when the when I don't know the secretary at the school was talking to was telling Cheryl about the incident, she was like, "Oh, uh, they're with Do- Dr. Saperstein at the hospital," and I was like, "Dr. Saperstein." <laughs> um, if in case in case you're unaware, uh, Dr. Sap- Saperstein is a character in Parks and Rec, and he's, um. A doctor, which is which is funny. Um, because that's a great. I if you're listening and you haven't seen Parks and Rec, you should watch that show. That's a good show. Riverdale. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. So then Cheryl goes home first. I think because she wanted to see Julian, and then her. It turns out her family's there, and she faints. And then yeah. she wakes up and she's like, oh, Tony, I had such a bad dream. And then, like, her aunt comes in and is like, Cheryl, we're waiting for you. And then Cheryl screams. And I'm like, we haven't had much exposure to Cheryl's relatives, I think not since season one. Yeah. So I was like, are they that bad? Like, what? what's the issue? I don't remember. I, I don't care. Um... Yeah. So, yeah, they come in and basically they want to sell the maple syrup company half, which, yeah, and the house, and I was, like, very confused, because yeah. I know that I don't always keep up with the nitty-gritty details, but, um, wasn't, I think the writing police are coming. <laughs> I was, I was, I didn't know if I should reference it, but, um, continue. This is what I deal with, also, like, do you hear those honks? Like, it's still really going. Sorry. <laughs> this is just life. So, um, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, I thought, didn't they move into Thistle House because Cheryl burned down, like, yeah. the other one? Yeah, that's what and, I like, thought, too. So, and, like, and they were like, oh, we, we always like to visit the chapel. Can we go? And that's when Cheryl's like, no. <laughs> um, just, a, like, a question. Maybe... This is a thing with, like, family businesses. But, okay, they want to sell the maple syrup business. Why do they also have to sell the house? Why is the house their home, their residential property, tied to their LLC business? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> also, it- Cheryl can't be majority stakeholder. She's, like, 17. Yeah, because they're like, oh, because Penelope's not here. And it's like, well, Penelope's still out there, though. Yeah, she's not dead. Yeah, like she's not e- she's not in jail either. Like they're looking for her, but she's just gone. So it's like technically, yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a business lawyer. So if you're a business lawyer, you can come for me in the comments. But like, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. So they just want her to sign off so they could sell it, and then they ask if they can go into the chapel, which is where Jason and Julian are. So she freaks out, and 
It's at that point where I'm like, why don't you just move them? I I don't know. It's just kind of like a dumb storyline. Like I I feel like now the writers of Riverdale have like split up into I don't know, let's say there's like four or five writers. Now they're each taking their own storyline, which is like the major characters, and whoever is the single 14-year-old girl who's writing the Cheryl storyline, it's just, like what is this fan fiction style? I, I just don't understand it. Honestly, most fan fiction is better than this. I believe it. <laughs> I would 100% believe it. Yeah. If you're a fan fiction writer, I believe you can write a better show than this. Um, if you're a fan fiction free. writer, <laughs> um, apply to Riverdale. You know, I hope you get the job, and I hope that you can improve it. Because it's yeah. we know you're disturbingly <laughs> bad. Um, so, yeah. So... Then one of her relatives investigates late at night and sees Jason's body. And then he, like, he starts to, he's like, oh, Cheryl, we want to get you for having a psychotic break. So, like, you have to give it to us. And now we have that. So, and then he also is like, or I can just take care of you now myself. And he starts, like, choking her or something. And then, so then Tony, like, hits him with one of the many candles, which is an extreme fire hazard, like, because they're on all the time. Um, yeah. And he also, before she, he starts choking Cheryl, he, like, um, like shoves Tony, and she, like, falls to the floor and is very close to many candles. I was like, she's yeah. going to catch on fire. Who lights all of these candles? Like, and that how do they not go off? Worse. I mean, yeah. I know that they're long candles, but, I mean... I don't know. Maybe like after a day, they're gonna they're gonna go out. Who who was res- you, okay? Don't yeah. leave candles on overnight. We learned that you and I. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Be- fun story. Well, um, <laughs> no one got hurt. <laughs> yeah. So when we that's the that's the fire department <laughs> right now. <laughs> I love how they um, come at very opportune times. They do. Um. So when we moved into our senior year, um, apartment slash dorm it was an on-campus apartment um the building next door to us had a massive fire on basically the first day we moved in it was it was the day I moved in I wasn't even like unpacked (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we were you know we were ready to have a fun movie night like we're all here let's chill and then we were like oh I smell smoke there's a fire alarm going off and then we look out the window and we like (laughs) see smoke and we're like should we leave and And, and then, then we we were we were all forced to evacuate and couldn't come back into our apartments till like one in the morning. Yeah, and then turns out we actually don't know the full story. I've heard di- conflicting things, but it basically boils down to like someone left a candle on, yeah. and we were. I remember being across the street and like looking, and we could see the flames through the window. It was like a big fire. Yeah. Um, Cheryl, take that as a lesson. You know, yeah. just just install light lamps <laughs> you yeah. have the money to do it yeah the maple syrup part and and buy some lights <laughs> buy a lamp but anyway so then tony yeah tony hits this guy and like he's laying on the ground and blood is coming from his head and i my thought was like oh she, she killed him she murdered him yeah there, there's the police coming to get her <laughs> get tt another thing uh so if you look at just, I mean, I didn't do this, but I, from, based on memory, um, Tony in, like, the earlier seasons where she shows up, just dresses very differently from Tony now, and it's like, why is she becoming Cheryl? It's mm-hmm. so annoying. Now she has, like, the really long hair as well, and, like, 
come on. Let her yeah. be her own person. I know that that's a, a comment we have every single episode, but until she, until they, until she breaks up with Cheryl um, and leaves that toxic relationship, I'm gonna make that note every time. Yeah. They, so my thought was they're gonna immediately try to hide the body instead of reporting it, which, like, they have a very valid case of self-defense. Yeah, but then it would be, like, their word versus his non-word, because he is dead. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Like, I've peased the sheriff. (laughs) It'll be fine. But, like, that's gonna become a whole thing. Like, I'm just sick of the hiding body storyline. Yeah! Enough! That's all there is to do in this town, is just hide bodies. But well, wait. Speaking of bodies, should we talk about Archie? Natural transition. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. So, uh, Archie is doing him, which we hate because <laughs> he's the worst, and he's still, you know, patrolling the night in a black mask. And okay, okay. First, he sounds like the Black Hood. He does. It also sounds like he has, like, a voice manipulator on him. Like, I don't believe... And, and I'm sure that that's what happens, like, in post-production. Um, it's just Archie speaking, and then in post, they, like, modify his voice. But if that were the case in, in like, real life, if he's going around just going, What are you doing? Like, it's... <laughs> like, everyone would be like, Why are you talking like that? It's It truly is so ridiculous. It, also, in this, like, opening scene where Jughead's narrating... Wait, before I get... I just want to quickly say, every episode they have to get someone to say previously on Riverdale, and it's always someone different. So, like, mm-hmm. imagine having to sit down at the microphone and being, like, previously on Riverdale, and they're like, no, do it again. <laughs> Repeatedly. But anyway... I'm sure they yeah. all had to... Do, like, it was, like, the same day they had all the actors, and they're like, okay, now you do it previously on Riverdale. And then, like, I- okay, next you do it. <laughs> That's a smart idea. Hopefully, they're. They knew I have little faith they're smart enough to think of things like that. But like, maybe there's someone who's not a writer who is like, all right. But um, anyway, so like the in this first scene, it shows this like kid breaking into a car. I think it's Archie's car, and then. Oh really? Wait, Archie doesn't have a car. Oh, then it's probably not Archie's it's just, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a car. I, well, because he, like, opens the door. Well, yeah, nobody door. locks their doors. Hello. Uh, maybe because the, there is the kid. Anyway, well, before. It's a really safe uh, town, so nobody feels the need to lock their doors. or, or sp- I'm going to get back to not locking doors later on when we talk about Archie. But yeah. So, yeah, this kid breaks but, into um, his car, tries to steal yeah. it. And there's, like, a kid, you know, standing watch outside. And then um, he, like, drops his weapon and, like, runs and then the kid in the car, like, notices that. And then he turns and Archie's in there. And I'm like, okay. I, <laughs> I watched this scene again because I was like, no way could, have Ar- could Archie have gone into the car silently. Like, regardless yeah, of how no, hard of you try, not. you could just can't close a car door silently. Oh, open and then get inside the vehicle and then close the door silently. Which makes me think, okay, he was already in the vehicle when that kid came so one how did he know that was the car the kid was gonna steal and two when the when there were two kids going to steal the car how did no one notice a man in the passenger seat well that's another thing too is if he was in the passenger seat why would the kid outside run away because he wouldn't know and then so so i watched it again to see if he was in the car and he definitely wasn't (laughs) 
And even if he was, he I don't think he was in the passenger seat. He would have had to climb over, <laughs> which I guess he could do silently while the kid no. was turned around. But, like, no wouldn't way. the kid have seen in the rearview mirror? I you don't could, know. You could hear, like, you're in a small car. You could definitely hear, like, little noises like that. No way. Ugh, just stupid. So... Yeah, so that was the beginning. And then, like, he hands cuffs the kid to the steering wheel, and then real Archie without his mask finds him. And then it shows this thing where, like, he, like, takes all these kids and, like, gives them a job and, like, helps them. And it's like, okay, that's that's decent, I guess. But Dodger is mad because he's taking Dodger. all his boys. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so then they find out that... Dodger employs all these kids, not employs, but he has these kids, he gives them free arcade games. Unpaid internship. Yeah, he gives them free arcade games and pizza, and so Um, he tries to, like, then attract them to the community instead, to the community center. But, like, it's really funny, because there's this line where he's like, you realize you're risking your lives for pizza and arcade (laughs) games? And then he pauses, and and my immediate thought was like, you know what, I get it, say, I would do that too. (laughs) And then it just, like, cuts to the next scene, but, like, I was waiting for him to say, like, you know what, that's valid, because, like, I mean, free pizza and arcade games? I am in my early 20s as well, and I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, but, but then later he, um, he was like, okay, we'll get arcade games. And they're like, yeah, but like he still gives us pizza. And like, yeah. who who are these who are these writers who have never met a preteen boy? Like, okay, I get that preteen boys they're dumb, right? We know that, <laughs> but they're not gonna they're not gonna risk everything because of pizza and arcade games. Yeah, I one of the things I wrote in my notes was this show doesn't understand what teens are up to. Have they have the writers heard of Fortnite? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. arrest my case. <laughs> no, you're right. And uh Oh man, I forgot what I was gonna say. It's gonna uh, it's okay. We can keep going. Okay. But like yeah, the point is like writers don't understand what people do. I think uh after when Archie he has the arcade games and then he gets burgers and shakes from pops. Um and then Dodger comes around and is like why don't you, like, put on your mask and fight me? And Archie, very, in, with, like, not great, not very convincingly, is like, what are you talking about, man? What the hell are you talking about? And then... I was, like, I was like, dude, you are the only per- It's a small town. Everybody knows it's you. Yeah. And, like, then Veronica comes out and is like, the police are on their way. And I'm like, why? Asshat. They should have not told them provoked a fight or something not provoked it because then they'd get arrested but like dodger was clearly gonna fight archie just wait and then the cops come and then dodger can get arrested and your problems are solved exactly and there was also a previous conversation between archie and fp saying like oh you're never gonna catch him with like anything dirty on him because he always uses the kids and it's like that was a perfect opportunity for you to for fp to catch him in the act Mm -hmm. oh yeah so it's like okay why reveal that so soon but fine um but then later, um, I'm, this isn't funny, but I was very startled by this scene. Um, so Archie comes back and there's a knife in the door with like his little mask, which is the Black Hood, which is terrifying to probably this entire town. Who's Again, the town was plagued many, many people, including like kids, like, you know 
miners were murdered by this guy sometimes very publicly yeah. and and they just don't know how to deal with that and they just oh, i don't like that but but then so archie comes home he sees um the uh, hood and a knife like pinned to his door yeah wait friendly reminder he lives right next door to betty or oh, across, yeah. so like or across the street or whatever no so, they're like, next door they're next door yeah so he lived next door to the black hood so that's even worse um he so Archie comes into the house and he's like, Oh fuck. And he comes into the house, doesn't lock the door. This is where it came, <laughs> comes back full circle. I was like, dude, somebody left in like a very clear threat on your door and you're not gonna lock the door. Yep. And then Molly Ringwald is just peacefully reading. And then and then a ton of gunshots just come into their house and they get yeah. down in time. But like that was very like that i jumped a lot at that i was like oh my god (laughs) uncharacteristic of riverdale which was interesting something different that was uh cool but it sounded like there was only one car and a lot a lot of bullets so were there like many people inside the car who just like either like got outside of the car like pointed their guns through the window and just like shot at the house or were there i mean how how unless it was like a machine gun like how did they get that many bullets for like one car somebody had to drive anyway but we'll just i was wondering like that couldn't have been the gun that was just in dodger's pants the other day you know like there had (laughs) to have been a lot more so yeah so at that point um archie mutes with hiram who we'll talk more about (laughs) in a second Um, wait 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 wait. one second He, he he like that shootout happened in an extremely residential neighborhood um, yeah. The neighbors would have heard. The neighbors would have called the police. I, if I was a neighbor, I would have like, first of all, been very startled by the gunshots, and then like go outside to see what was going on. Um, maybe like write down a license plate number. What? Wait a second. He <laughs> FP lives in Betty's old house. FP the <laughs> sheriff lives next door. And I know, like, we'll talk about later on that he was pro- he was probably busy at this time, but. Like, you think FP could just look outside and be like, okay, there's my proof. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was very startled. Um, A lot of things this episode were startling. A lot. Um, Okay, at the the end of the episode, they mentioned Monroe. I was was like, like, yeah, wait, where is he? I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if you caught that throwaway line between Reg and... And Archie, and he's like, so when's Monroe coming back? And Reggie's like, oh, next week. And he's like, cool, cool. Look at this. And it's a dead body, yeah. maybe. I was like, whoa. Okay. What? But I was like, why didn't they do that at the beginning of the yeah. episode? Yeah. Why did they do it at the end? Because, like, I didn't really think about it. But, like, what if Monroe was, like, my favorite character? And I was like, where is he? Oh, my God. He's missing What do you it. mean? What do you mean, what if? <laughs> um, Agent Adams exists. <laughs> You're right. Uh, um, but okay, um, I have a, a wild prediction that I'm okay. just gonna throw out there in case it's true. Okay. Reggie is working with Dodger. Ooh. And I don't see it, but I want it to happen. I, the only reason I have a mild suspicion is like when they're all at the pizza, or not pizza, the burgers and arcade games thing. Um, Veronica, or, like, someone mentions that Dodger is outside, and Archie goes, and Reggie, like, turns around and, like, watches Archie, and it was probably just the Riverdale writers thinking, like, oh, okay, like, we're just gonna do this. I didn't catch that. 
Yeah, but I was like, oh, what if that was, like, a look, like, oh, like, Dodgers, like, my boss is here, maybe as another unpaid internship, (laughs) but, but yeah, so that, I'm just throwing it out there on the off chance it's true, and I'll have credit for it, because a lot of the predictions I had this episode came true at the end of the episode, so I don't have the proof. (laughs) Um, what if, and then, and like, let's say Archie, or let's say Reggie is working for Dodger, and then, like, the gang finds out, and they're like, Reggie, why did you do it? Why did you betray us? And he's like, he was giving me free pizza, man. (laughs) (laughs) I got free arcade game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then, so, so towards the end, when they have the Monroe throwaway line, they see, uh, they're walking into El Royale, and there's, like, a carpet or sheet covered in blood and they're like oh no what is that and they pull it out and there's a guy who is not dead mm-hmm. and it's dodger it's dodger i thought it was dodger oh well, i mean <laughs> it, it kind of looked like dodger but i wasn't sure his well, face was pretty bloody well here's the thing so like a little bit before that like hiram and archie have like a few conversations one of them is hiram's trying to donate to archie's uh like organization wait um, yes so hiram was trying to donate to his organization he says like his dad would be really proud of him and like wants to do it in his honor and then Archie says no because you know there's always strings attached when it comes to Hiram's charitable donations but mm-hmm. then Archie asks Hiram for help and he's like there's nothing I can do bro and I was like <laughs> what that was so funny because like he also the way he said it he's like well Archie like I just got out of jail I don't want to commit a crime and you expect him to say like but I can help you with this and he's just like okay bye <laughs> There are also many legal ways you can help. You can, like, hire security. Yeah. For example. Yeah, that's that's great. Hiram, what? I, so that, I think Hiram is slowly on the road to redemption, though. Which is annoying. Well, we'll get to it when we talk it. to Veronica's Yeah, story. which, like, we could start now. Sure. Yeah, if you're right. Well, we're done yeah. <laughs> with Archie's story. Um, so, um... Oh, oh, sorry. There's... <laughs> The, the way I think the storyline starts is um, they're at the table of the their residence, and uh, the four of them are there, Hiram, Hermione, Veronica, and Hermosa. Mm-hmm. And um, Hiram starts... Okay, so here's the thing with, like, shows. They always have to set the scene, you know? Like, so the first line you have to establish, like, you need to understand what's going on without it being too obvious. And, like, so the way this scene sets the stage for what happened from last week to now is Hiram says <clears throat> now that the trials are over uh let's let's like bygones be bygones and I was like the trials happened what <laughs> both of your trials have happened I mean I know that we got a little glimpse of Hermione's last week but uh, Her- Hiram's trial uh, concluded <laughs> he's free what is what do you mean that was so lazy they just like wanted to throw it out there it's just like okay well, Hiram needs to get out of jail now give him a throwaway line he's free now that's not yeah. no well, with Hermione, too, like, the episode ended with her being guilty. Like, she, um, like, uh, yeah. pleaded guilty. And then we knew, like, the governor, who was blackmailed, was mm. going to pardon her. But I felt like that would take a little bit more time, right? But whatever. No, no. And then another thing is he's, Hiram says, let's let bygones be bygones. Like, two episodes ago, when Veronica visited him in jail, he was like, I'm not going to pay for your crimes, Miha. Like, they hated each other, and now he's, like, calling her the apple of his eye and wants them to be a family. That's Mm -hmm. not, it's just, it's just not what the character would do, and they're just, 
they're just not following. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so upset about it, but I just, it's so <laughs> frustrating to watch. It, that's this whole show, though. I get it. And, like, so I think then Hiram is like, I think we should focus on my true passion. And I was waiting for him to say, like, wrestling or boxing because, like, he's a fighter. And I, then thought he's he like, gonna say, I thought he was going to say running for mayor because that's what they said. Oh, yeah. That's what they what established. <laughs> and he's like, my true, pra- my true passion, local office. Yeah. <laughs> and he's but like, no. rum. Yeah, rum. So he wants to, like, focus on, I don't know, I guess, like, the rum industry. Which, like, it's fine, that's legal. Rum? Yeah. Sure. That, you know, that makes sense. Veronica has her little speakeasy. Um, I guess, apparently, Hermosa was running the Miami clubs or something, which I was like, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one compliment about Hermosa and uh, Riverdale is that I'm so ha- they listen to me. They listen to us, Julia. They finally got an actress who speaks Spanish, and mm-hmm. she has she has a couple of, like Spanish phrases that's not mi amor or mija. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's a breath of fresh air. So thank you for listening to me, Riverdale writers. Um, please uh, follow us on Riverdale Pod on Twitter and uh, just, you know, take my suggestions. Um, yeah. Julia and I have really good predictions and um, thanks for listening. Thanks and, for incorporating some of our notes. But please, like, compensate us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, don't steal our ideas for free. Um, but You're right. So, so then um, Hermione is going to work as, like, the hostess for La Bonne Nuit. Mm-hmm. And um, Veronica's like, only Hermione's allowed to stay with me, Hiram, and Hermosa, you have to leave. And <laughs> Hiram, like, Hiram later sneaks in. <laughs> and, and I'm like, didn't she change the locks? Like, wasn't that a whole thing? Uh, yeah, again, yeah. But you can't keep him out. Um, but, uh... I think, yeah, then it just shows, like, Hermione and Veronica, like, working together for a little and seating their enemies in booth 11. I didn't understand <laughs> that. I was like, what's, is it just, like, not the, like, least favorite booth? And they're like, I don't, who, what? Yeah, I, w- I thought, like, it would show more of, like, them at booth 11, and it didn't. <laughs> there was also a moment where Hermione was struggling to understand, like, the hostess schedule, or, like, seating chart i don't know mm-hmm. but she was also a waitress at um pops remember yeah. so she would have she she has some concept of restaurants yeah so that's so true yeah you know who been... else you know who else was a waiter at pops who fp remember that oh yeah what a time now he's the sheriff <laughs> And Gross. Veronica's a waitress at Pops and owns the bar downstairs. What a time. But um so so um Hiram sneaks back into the apartment and then in the middle of the living room, um <laughs> he like seduces Hermione. And Wait. my I was like, Hermione can or Veronica can just like leave her room and be like, What's that noise? And yeah. they're just going for it. <laughs> So um, she's like walking out in the. Hermione is walking out uh, at night in the living room, and Hiram says, Mi amor. <laughs> but then I had to like watch it twice because the first time I thought he said, Mima. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, So she's just walking, and he's like, Mima. 
That's an interesting pet name for your ex-wife who tried to kill you and you tried to kill her. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's this scene. Like, this was also a very unexpected scene because it was, like, very sexy. It was. She has a, there's a really funny slap that Hermione <laughs> gives her. Hermione yeah. slaps Hiram. It's just, like... I don't know. I'm sure it was scripted, but it felt unscripted. <laughs> it was just, like, kind of out of place. I mean, and, like, the strength of the slap, too, was just... It was kind of weak. She just did it to do it. I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, I'm, I was not... The scene was, like, unexpected to me, because usually they do all the sex scenes at the same time with, like... Oh, true. Like, teen music in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was just, like, normal. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, her, Hiram seducing Hermione in the middle of their house, their apartment. Yeah, that was so annoying, though. Like, how, how can Hermione be that easily manipulated? I know. And then she was like, oh, I'm going to regret this. And then they sleep together, and he and Hermosa move in. Um, and then, sorry, the article I'm reading is, like, mildly out of order. That's okay. So I'm trying to scroll to find the place. Um well, I can't find it, but I think basically um, Veronica's mad about that, and mm-hmm. then um, hi, like Hermosa is like, "Oh, they're gonna renew their vows tomorrow. Don't kill the messenger." And like she tells a, the story about like her mother, who was was one of the employees in the nightclub. I think she was a singer. She was a singer, and Hiram actually like took care of them. And took care of the mom until she died. And, yeah. Which, again, how does no one in the world know about her? Like, wouldn't Veronica just read in the news? But whatever. Um, so she, she's basically, she's trying to say, like, there's good in Hiram. Which, you know, points back to Hiram Redemption. is happening. Um, yeah. It, it is happening. It's, it's going to happen. But that's not how they set, how they set up his character development arc from the beginning of the season that's not you know mm-hmm. he was like out to get veronica and now he's like let's all be a happy family no just yeah. stick to one thing riverdale writers don't just jump around Ugh. yeah that's my thing because like i support the Hiram redemption but i wish they were more consistent about it because like you know in the next episode he's gonna just do something evil and then like the one after he'll be like no i did this that's really nice actually and it's like okay chill yeah. out but um, yeah, I think that storyline ends with, um, he puts up the, the painting of Hermosa in, like, his study where Veronica's was. And, like, Veronica, it, you know what, I was like, why, like, Veronica's just mad that Hiram lied, not because she has a sister, but then I realized Veronica's an only child and now she's not, so, like, we're both younger siblings, we get it. Yeah, uh, damn it, I forgot what I was gonna say again, what's wrong with me? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But, um, but yeah, Veronica then is just like, oh no, like, I'm being replaced. Oh, I remember. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, like, right now, Edmosa is, like, very loyal to Hiram, and I think he's gonna do something shitty, because that's who Hiram is, and then she's gonna, like, feel betrayed, and then, um, Veronica and Edmosa are gonna bond, and, like, they're gonna become close, and it's gonna be like, you see, like, that's who our dad is, and they're just, they're gonna bond over our, their, um, uh, disdain for Hiram Lodge. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. 
that'd be yeah that'd be cool i don't have any i, I, I like her enough i think i don't know okay yeah whatever it's it's just all the same for veronica like her dad does something and then she's mad about it because it's kind of evil and but then later he convinces her that he's not evil it's just all the same thing they they don't change it up with Hiram. That's the only reason I want the redemption, but I who knows if they'll even do that. Um shall we move on to <laughs> Is it Jughead? Jughead? Cool. Yeah. Um just quick note, one of the first lines of this episode was uh, Jughead's narration. And so you remember you, Julia, and also audience remember um like watching this season one and two, and every time uh, I was gonna call him Cody again. God damn! <laughs> every time Jughead has one of those like really annoying, like fake deep, fake woke um, lines, and you just like groan and roll your eyes and just like wait for the action to start. He had one of them again mm-hmm. this season. He says, uh, "Meanwhile, an existential hell. I was facing the tyranny of a blank page." I- Shut up. I wrote down that line, too. <laughs> no, it is so annoying. It's so... Okay, so... First, like, he's basically, like, combing through the old um, Baxter Boys books trying to, you know, figure out the perfect murder, and he re- he realizes that you can kind of tell when each ghostwriter passes it off to the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also thinks there's, like, a broader mystery going on. Um, in the series, like, he's highlighting things, and he's like, oh, and then he mentions how the first book isn't like any of the other ones, and he thinks that, um, Mr. DuPont, I looked up, I wrote down his name because I didn't want to forget it, that's the guy who was from last week, like, the one who's holding the competition to find the next ghostwriter, Mm -hmm. um, he claims to have written the first five, and Jughead thinks that his, like, Jughead's grandfather wrote the first one, um, and He's he thinks telling- that, sorry, he thinks that because um, he also goes into the Riverdale before before his grandfather, F.P. the First, went to Stonewall. He used to go to Riverdale and he was a, a writer there under the pseudonym Frosty Pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> which, which he says, Frosty is almost an anagram for Forsyth. And like, I had to pause and think for a second because I was like, I guess. Okay. Like, sure, but like, that's like saying like wow julia is almost an anagram for pajamas you just have to remove a few letters and add some so i thought you know when he said frosty pajamas i was like fp okay the initials yeah yeah he's like forsyth is like frosty and then pajamas pjs and i was like okay whatever yeah um and and so the the first baxter boys books whatever um is in the very similar style to one of the um literary articles that his grandfather frosty pajamas wrote at riverdale there's also one of the character names is the same in like one of the articles as in the first book and, and that's gonna come back i'm sure of it that's gonna be like a person in his grandfather's life and he's yeah. like named maybe maybe fp's mom maybe yeah we don't know about her yeah so um so he with this proof he confronts Mr. DuPont, and Mr. DuPont's extremely offended, and is like, you're lucky I don't have you expelled at this accusation, and blah, blah, blah. And so then Jughead leaves, and then he chats with Mr. Chipping. Yeah, you got it. I finally got it, but 
kind of doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, He chats with him and Mr. Chipping's like, okay, like, I'll help you because, like, I, you know, as a writer, I need to know about this injustice. Um, So that, you know, they do that. Uh, They they end the scene and um, they... (laughs) So... um, So... They meet for, you know, book club, and Mr. Chippings is acting very strange. He's suspicious. Yeah, and, um... He's suspiciously emotional. He is. Do you want to t- tell this part? Sure. I quite the reaction to Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, so they're all sitting around the circle, as they usually do, and uh, Mr. Chippings, I don't know if he comes in, maybe he does, and... Like we said, he's suspicious, he's he's out of character, um, and he starts talking about, he's like, okay, class, today we're going to talk about, I don't remember the name of the book, um, and then starts talking about the more, maybe it's like a heart of darkness, maybe? Maybe. Um, and then talks about you know, the moral compass, and then he his voice cracks in between moral and compass, and I was like, okay. At first, I was like laughing. I was like, "Is he gonna cry right now? Are you gonna cry?" And then, <laughs> and then he like turn. He like faces away from the group of five or six students, um, and the camera is like at his face, and we can see the group of students in the background. And he's very like sorrow. He he's just facing a lot of grief, and it's confusing. And then he apologizes to Jughead and says, "Sorry, I couldn't help you." And then very forcibly just like with intent in mind rush runs towards the window and throws himself against it and commits suicide yeah he it's a beautiful stained glass window Uh, and i was looking at it in the background like while he was talking (laughs) me too and i saw a cross and i was like wait is this like a catholic school i mean it makes sense but like is it because they didn't really mention that but there's a Stained glass, first stained glass and yeah. like a cross into it. Not important, just an aside. Um, stained glass is really dope, I just gotta say. It's so pretty. Right? Um, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Mr. Chippings commits suicide. It was just a very ridiculous way for him. Uh, it was just, it was very ridiculous, and I started laughing really hard. <laughs> Again, I watched it by myself, and I just could not contain myself. I <laughs> laughed out loud. It was, like, like that was one of the next startling moments of the episode. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, it, 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 it somehow topped the drive-by scene. Yeah, like, I, I think I said out loud, what? Like, in, <laughs> obviously in a more, like, you know, I was more like, what? Uh, like, because what, what just happened? It's Jughead turns to his classmates and is like, oh, yeah. oh my god, call 911. And they are just, like, sitting there with no reaction. Like, Why they, did they react? What it's do you, so creepy. Does this happen I was like, often? Okay. Yeah, like, that's what I was wondering. Like, what's going on? And then, did, okay, does, did he die, though? Because I thought I don't know. They, they may have had a throwaway line where they're, like, he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's recovering, but, like, you know, getting help. Um but either way, he's not going to be back. So I learned his name finally and for nothing. <laughs> um, and then so, like, who's going to take over? They're gossiping. They're wondering. And then Mr. DuPont walks in. So, so then that, that ends that storyline. I really so like 
I like Jugheads because, like, they, you know, they're, they feel really long in the episode, and then we talk about them and get through them in, like, five minutes. <laughs> Not even. Yeah. I, I just need to address uh, Mr. DuPont. Um, listeners, if you recall, last week um, I had a prediction that Mr. DuPont is going to be um, Jughead's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And this episode kind of, like, muddles that a little bit, but I'm, I'm, sta- I'm staying firm. And now I just think that um, he, Forsyth the first, um, kind of like stole somebody's identity or like maybe he was in trouble or something and like became Mr. DuPont or DuPont um, and like doesn't want to go by Forsyth anymore. I don't know. I'm, Ooh, I'm sticking okay. with it. I was just trying to like rationalize it in my head because it's definitely his grandfather. I don't, I don't understand why he got so angry at the accusation that... Um, the first writer was Forsyth, because that kind of makes it seem like they're different people, but I, I don't care. I'm sticking with it. DuPont is Forsyth the first. And then he even, like, talks about his father, uh, Left P. Yeah, yeah, that's something else I noticed, because he was saying very specific things. Yeah, I was like, okay. It's, it's like, how would you know? Do you just know about everybody's, every student's parents? No, you have to, they have some connection, and I think that it's his grandfather. He's old enough to be his grandfather, he's a writer, um, maybe he just, like, got a taste of, of, you know, like, the riches and doesn't want to be associated with, um, his previous life of, as a vagabond. I don't know. Yeah, we, who knows? I, yeah, I will say when I watched this, I had a lot of thoughts like, oh, this theory might not be correct. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, but it's Riverdale. They don't really plan ahead. So, I, so it could happen. Like, I don't know. I don't I'm see why. I'm with it. I could see it, because, like, there's plenty of reason. Like, he could just be covering for someone. Maybe yeah. he only wrote the first book. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we don't know. So we'll find out. That's something that we might <laughs> uncover, like, in several episodes from now, you know? And what is what does he have on Mr. Chippings that Mr. Chippings was agreed to try and kill himself, or at least significantly maim himself, to keep it a secret? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So, like, now it's leading to, like, Mr. DuPont slash Jughead's grandfather is evil. <laughs> nice. So, we'll see. Well, um, I mean, if they're going to redeem Hiram, they need another villain in this story. That's true. In season. Um, so, speaking of villains. <laughs> yeah, so wh- why don't we talk about Jughead's brother, Charles? They They say, like, in... When they're when Jughead and Betty are like at Pops, Jughead's like, "How's our brother?" And I'm just like, "Oh, stop!" Not a fan of that. That's weird. Like they were just kissing, and he's like, "How's our brother?" Uh, <laughs> oh God! Oh, why? Why? Okay. I, I don't remember if it's at that part too, but um, he was he was like, "Oh, like oh no no no!" It was when Betty was telling Kevin like what his Kevin was in this episode for one scene, but um. <laughs> She was telling him, like, his daily schedule that she's been, like, following him for a few days. And he says, she's like, oh, every day he leaves the house. He, like, is at the Five Seasons or whatever. Um, He goes to the FBI building (laughs) because uh, uh, Riverdale has one. Um, And then he's like, and then he either eats dinner at Pops or at home every day. And I was like, yo, he goes to Pops that often? (laughs) Just have another throwaway line of a restaurant. It's, it's, I know. It's just, just they they can't. They always come up with like fake brand names. Just be like, oh, at the um, I don't know, like, like the um, like the pear 
garden. <laughs> I couldn't think of another good substitute for olive. Like, you know, Olive Garden, the chain. Olive Garden sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> yep. By the way, guys, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Olive Garden. I wish. Um, but, yeah, just, like, it's, come up it... with something fake. They said TGI Thursday's the one day. <laughs> like, the, just yeah. say that again. Uh, they, they don't even have to say a specific. They say he either goes out to eat at, like, one of three I restaurants know. Um, including Pops, or... And there you go, that's enough. Why do they keep plugging Pops? Also, if he eats at Pops every day, his cholesterol is going to be through the roof. There's only... It's just diner food. Yeah, also Veronica can just very easily creep on him. Yeah, But true. they don't talk to each other anymore, so... No. It doesn't Although, really matter. There, there was one scene where Archie, including, was at school. I was like, oh, so they do... I did. I was like, they oh. listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, the writers are definitely listening to this. Thanks, guys. Um, compensate us. Kisses. Yeah. So then, so yeah, when she and Kevin are talking about this, um, Betty has a realization and she goes to visit our favorite fake brother, Sheik. Who... <laughs> they like slowly panned into his face at the, at the prison and I was confused. I was like, wait, Hiram's out of prison. Like who is, who could she possibly be visiting? And then I was like, was, wait, was Penelope arrested? Like, I don't remember. And then it was Sheik, except she says, Hello, Chuck. And the same thing happened to me as in the season three, excuse me, the season three reveal where everybody was like, Chick, but in my head I was like, Chic, and I just like threw me off. Yeah, it threw me off too. Which, yeah, again, listeners, if you're new, we call him Chic instead of Chick because we like often read his name and just like our brains automatically do that. So it's spelled like Chic as well. Yeah. So that's just, it just happened. But so she asks him about Charles. That's when I realized they were like together together. And I was like, oh. He says, well, he like briefly mentions like, uh, you know, tell us about the, we learned in like season two or something that somebody killed someone. It was either Sheik or Charles um, Mm -hmm. at a a hostel. Um, And so Betty asks for more information on that. And, uh, he says that, yeah, we were together, but, like, it, it doesn't necessarily mean they were, like, in a relationship. They were just, like, together in the room. So I was, like, in my notes, which, I mean, it's later revealed anyway, but I wrote together and that, like, sly half-smile emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, which, like, makes sense given what we know about Sheik and, like, we didn't necessarily know about Charles, but Kevin suspected. Um, but, I, like... Then he says, like, our bed, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So oh, he did? Oh, I missed Yeah, it. and then, um, <laughs> so then he he basically says, like, they were doing a lot of drugs, and they throw back to the season two jingle, drug, Jingle Jangle. It's been a while since we heard that one. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then he mentions, like, this darkness overcame Charles, and I was like, oh, my God, not this again. And then Charles, like, stabbed a guy to death, apparently, and I was like, okay um cool next (laughs) and then Sheik also okay I that made me wonder like why did he say that Charles died like I I know stuff is revealed at the end of the episode but at the time of season two Mm -hmm. like were they planning this far ahead so they're like we're gonna say you died yeah I don't know well, Charles is clearly in the FBI. If he goes to the FBI building, like, we've seen him with other other law enforcement. So, like, I believe that he's in the FBI. He's yeah. just so sketchy and... Well, I just don't get, like, 
when did he have time to be in the FBI? Or was he already in the FBI when he yeah. was with Sheik? Like, that's when, the confusing thing. Because, like, it doesn't seem like that was that long ago that this happened. Yeah, so and he was know. a recovering narcotics. Yeah, which that's, like, revealed at the end, or in the middle of the episode when they do a polygraph test. And that's... Riverdale's really embracing fake science because, like, polygraph tests aren't very accurate all the time. And especially, like, does Betty just know how to read one? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. She, like, knows how to operate it. But my favorite is, um, <laughs> he, he's, like, or Betty, Betty's, like, do you have a, a what polygraph test here? Um, a polygraph machine we can use? And, uh, Charles says, yes. Why? Like, why are you so stupid? You, you, do you need to ask Why? Oh my gosh, there's, okay, when she, like, is asking the questions, um, he, she just asks him about, like, his time with she, because he's like, why would you trust him over me, who's, like, an yeah. FBI agent, and she's just trying to mess with you, and she's like, okay, let's prove it, and then at the end, it's revealed that he's, a, he was an addict, and, like, where he's going every week is to, like, um, like, the... Addicts Anonymous or something. Yeah, like, AA, um, and I was like, okay, and then... <laughs> And then after he reveals that, he, like, starts to take off the arm thing and then doesn't completely take it off. He it, he just gets up <laughs> and walks away. And, like, I, they, like, pan to a different angle where it doesn't show him. But I in my head, I was, like, they, he just, like, straight up didn't take, like, the whole polygraph machine just comes flying off the desk as he walks away. I thought that, too. <laughs> he was also talking about um, that, that night where they, like, somebody... Charles said it was Sheik. Sheik said it was Charles. Somebody killed someone with a pair of scissors or something, stabbed him to death. And Charles very casually mentions, like, describes that instance. And he's like, yeah, my instincts came up. Um, and we dissolved his body in the tub, in the bathroom tub. I was like, you dissolved his body? <laughs> dissolved. Yeah. Okay. It was just, like, a very quick aside that I just feel like should have been addressed better. Like, Betty didn't have a reaction to that. It's like, hello? Yeah. Dissolved. He also, he says, like, this is when Sheik and I were at our lowest. And I was like, Sheik had a lower point than, like, (laughs) anything we've seen. But so I bet she was crying the entire time. <laughs> he probably was. That's why Char- Charles did all the work. <laughs> did you hear me almost say his name as Charles because of <laughs> Sheik? Anyway, um, wait, this Sheik is- and Charles. That's that's, that's <laughs> Sheik name. Um, but so I at this point, this is when I wrote down they're definitely still working together for some reason. <laughs> And I ended up being right, but we'll find out. And I was also like, why did they wait like a full year to reveal that Charles is this? Like, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of questions because clearly the writers because, didn't plan this. <laughs> exactly, because they didn't plan it. Now they're just trying to piece everything together. Mm-hmm. So then, um, then it just turns out that Sheik went to the FBI and told them about like that Alice killed someone and the bodies in this spot. So then Charles and FP, who both have, like, a direct role in this and are about to commit a sketchy crime, are like, we're going to go, you know, investigate, quote-unquote, and take care of it. And they do take care of it. They return covered in dirt, which is probably, probably they probably just moved the body and then yeah. just said, like, well, nothing was there, Sheik, so you're wrong, and Alice yeah. is fine. And then Alice gives uh, Charles a really nice hug, but he's like covered in dirt. And probably I know. Sweat. I was like, I love that too. I was like, 
that's a nice moment, but yeah, yikes. Um, that was also, like, the only scene we really had with FP and Charles, so I was yeah. a little disappointed that that's what it was. But. Yeah, and they just, they're just very casual together. It was like, yeah. you guys should have, like, a cathartic moment. You're your father and son. Mm-hmm. Like, we never got to see them meet or anything. Like, not that we saw him and Alice meet, but we kind of got that enough with Sheik. Like, I'm sure it was the same. Yeah. Didn't, didn't uh, FP have, like, a super emotional moment when he found out that Alice got pregnant with his child and like had the baby like wasn't i think so i can't remember exactly but probably we'd have to go rewatch the season which like that'd be yeah that'd be a lot um but so then the episode ends where (laughs) it reveals like charles is visiting chic in prison and they're (laughs) like i love you no, 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 no. He doesn't say I love you. He says, cheek, <laughs> cheek, cheek, puts his hand on the glass and says, I love you, babe. And then uh, Charles replies, but that, I can't get that image out of my head. <laughs> I love it's, you, babe. It's really weird that they're, well, you know what, given the show, it's not. I was going to say it's weird how they both pretended to be like the same sibling of the same family. Um, which, like, that, I did wonder if Charles is actually the sibling or not. Like, we'll find out. But, uh... Yeah. But, like... That would be so that... annoying if he wasn't, though. And it's like, okay, a second time. Did you really <laughs> just pull the same move again? That's why I think they're gonna do it. Because they'll be like, no one would expect us to do this again. And then next season, there's another Charles. <laughs> or, like, this one will be Charlie or something. Or oh, something. my God. You're but, right. But, like, yeah. But, um... But this, okay, Riverdale keeps doing this where they think they're ending an episode with a cliffhanger. And, like, you know, I'm I'm okay. Like, that leave people wanting more. I totally get the logic. But, like, they do it in a very unsatisfying way where everything feels unfinished. Because, like, they had Tony and Cheryl, like, kill that guy. And oh. that was just, like, that. then the episode ended. Like, that. their storyline ended. They Veronica's, like, that didn't really have any super big cliffhanger. So, like, that one I'll let go. But, like, Archie and Reggie find the body oh, yeah. the live body of what I think is Dodger but it might be yeah. notice at first so like maybe if I'm wrong I'm sorry um correct <laughs> <Yeah>. us <laughs> um it, Betty or Jughead ended with like <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chipping flying out the window and then Mr. DuPont coming in okay I guess that one's slightly more resolved but still and then Betty's ended with like this huge reveal about Sheik and Charles who that you know what this means Sheik is going to be a more regular character. Are you excited? Yeah. Um, like, yes and no. I still think his face is scary, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm, it's less scary when he's behind bars. <laughs> for some reason, that's how, my, that's how I think. Um, I, I want to get more backstory. I want, I just, I'm tired of these little nuggets inf- of information. Just, like, give me the full story. I know. But Ooh. they do it, in, this was another episode where they threw the entire plot into one episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other thing, though, is I remember, was the Shady Man killed in, like, season two or three? It was two. two. I remember at that, when that happened, I was like, okay. And and then they just, like, okay, it's buried, problem solved, it's done. I was like, mm-hmm. you killed, I mean, he wasn't a great guy, but they murdered someone, and that's it, they took care of it, there were no repercussions. And then, and then I was like, but now it, it came, it, it's, it's, they brought it back. So what if all the things that we're mad about them dropping, like, for example, the quarantine, what if it comes back, like, two seasons from now, and it's resolved, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I guess, but that's not how real life works most of the time. Well, hmm. I mean, 
I don't know. This, I just, like, need, it's, like, in Glee, they would, <laughs> they would drop storylines all the time and then occasionally have a throwaway line. And, like, mild Glee spoiler, but, like, the biggest example of this is, like, in one season, Rachel has, like, finds a like she takes a pregnancy test and it comes out positive and then like an episode or two later they're like oh it was a false positive and it's like that was like a cliff a major cliffhanger at the end of an episode then they went on break and then they come back and they just like throw do a throwaway line and it's like that's not how you that's not how it should work like you should have some resolution or at least just like a hint of it throughout if you're gonna do that but I don't know. I just was also like with the shady man. That VR already knows about it because Alice told Edgar, and yeah. like all of that is recorded. And like so, I assume they would have some type of immunity for that. I want. I want to understand what happened to the Edgar storyline. Oh, Where is what's her face? The the girl, Lily Evelyn. Evelyn. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe her? she'll come back. Maybe she's working with Sheik and Charles. Maybe she's Archie's secret sibling. Who knows? Well, to find out more, tune in (laughs) next week. (laughs) See you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at RiverDontPod. Send us your thoughts. Uh, Just in general. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you watched. Did you you guys laugh when... uh... (laughs) I had a very, I like had a very strong laughing reaction. I like didn't understand what was happening and just laughed a lot. Did you? Did that happen? To you guys were you just like confused and shocked? Let us know. Yeah. Can I edit in your uh, voice memo that sure. you sent me? Sure. Like right, right in this moment, right here. Yeah. Um. I I sent Julian audio after I watched that scene because it was. I wanted her to hear my live reaction. Yeah, yeah. you can you can add it. <laughs> Tune in at the end of the episode to hear that, which is right now. Okay, thanks for listening. I hope you have a good week. Bye. We will see you next week or hear you, I guess, or you'll hear us. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Why? Sorry, I just watched the part in Riverdale where Mr. Chipping Chipping throws himself out the window. It's not funny. It's just so ridiculous. This is worse than Rocket Man. I wanted you to hear my live reaction. Um, I'm almost, I'm finishing up. We can record soon.